Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. What is up, everybody? This is Cassie. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1, All About Pain. I am so excited to share this topic with you over the next few episodes because it is near and dear to my heart. I think you know as well as I know, pain is something most of us deal with on a daily basis, right? We all have aches and pains, and as we get older, those aches and pains tend to be a little more intense or a little more often, or you can probably think about you know, your grandma or grandpa complaining about their back pain or something like that. And one thing that I aim to do with this series is not just teach you about pain, where pain comes from, but how you can make yourself more functional no matter what level of pain you have. And just understanding that pain is part of a normal experience. It's part of being alive. It's part of being a human. So in no way are we going to eliminate pain from our lives, but we can educate ourselves to be more functional with the pain that we have. Now, most of the information I'm going to share with you today is going to come from three places. One is just my clinical background. I'm a physical therapist assistant. I have been so for about a decade now, and 90% of the time that I have been working, I have been focusing on patients that have chronic pain. So people that come in and they don't just say, oh, I sprained my ankle or I tweaked a muscle in my back, it's my back's hurt for the last 30 years, right? Um, So I have a lot of experience clinically from working with patients like this. A lot of my background education and knowledge comes from Adrian Lowe, and Adrian is a physical therapist and also a neuroscience researcher. He has authored a book called Why Do I Hurt? And it is a book intended for patient use. So it's a book that I often recommend to my patients or maybe my clients at the gym when they have pain or chronic pain, and I think they could use a little bit of knowledge, right? So a lot of my training clinically has come from Adrian Lowe's education. So a lot of what I may talk about is actually coming from him. Some of the things that I'm bringing to you as well are coming from brainfacts.org. So you can check that out in the show notes when you're done if you'd like to. But let us dive right in. All right, so I want to start talking right away about pain and the brain and how the signal of pain comes from our brain. All right, and this is very important for us to learn about. So old school theory was say I step on something, like I step on a Lego that my kids left out overnight. And, ow, that hurts real bad, right? Well, old theory had us thinking that my foot was telling my brain that I was hurting. And in a lot of ways, for people to think about it that way, it makes sense, right? My foot hurts, my foot's telling my brain. That's absolutely the opposite of what happens, okay? So when we step on something or any input that we get into our brain is just a signal. 
It's just a signal from our nerves saying, hey, this is happening. And then it's our brain that actually decides, is what is happening painful? Does it feel good, right? Is it cold? Is it hot? That all actually comes from a decision made in our brain. So that's the first thing that we need to understand is that our brain actually decides what hurts and what doesn't and how much it hurts, right? So if I step on a Lego, my foot's not telling my brain, ouch. My brain is telling my foot, ouch. And understanding this very basic concept is going to make everything else that we talk about here a lot easier to understand. So we know that pain 100% comes from the brain. Our brain takes in signals and then tells us what those signals are. So that's very important for us to understand. A cool way to help you understand this is actually part of a page in a book from Adrian Lowe's Why Do I Hurt? And it talks about an ankle sprain and a bus, okay? So I can be walking across the street and sprain my ankle. And normally your brain's gonna say, ow, that hurts, slow down, stop walking or whatever. But let's say you look up and you see a bus coming right at you and it's not slowing down. All of a sudden that ankle doesn't hurt so bad right? What you're feeling now is, oh my gosh, I need to get out of the way of this bus. And then maybe my ankle will hurt afterwards, right? And that's often what happens a lot of times when people get in car accidents, right? And if you've ever been in a car accident, you may be able to kind of feel what I'm saying here. A lot of times people get in a car accident and you know, they talk to the police, they get their car taken care of, whatever. They're like, oh no, I don't need to go to the emergency room. Like, I feel okay, just a little shaken up. And then they go home. And then about 12 hours, 24 hours later, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have been run over, right? <laughs> Which may literally have been what happened. And so a lot of times, and this is what I see in the clinic too, people that have been in car accidents don't necessarily go to the ER or their doctor the same day unless there's like obvious trauma, like a broken bone, bleeding, you know, something like that. But most people that even end up with pretty severe whiplash injuries feel okay at the time of the accident. And the reason behind that is this whole ankle sprain in the bus issue, right? My brain is not telling me that it hurts right away because there's so many other threats and other things to take care of right away. So your brain is like, don't think about how you hurt right now. We got to focus on, you know, your car, your safety, um, getting all this stuff taken care of. And then you finally get home. You're like, Whew, okay, I'm a little upset. I'm going to relax. I'm going to go to bed. Go to bed. You wake up the next morning and you can't turn your neck, right? So this is an example of how the brain really controls pain. Your brain can tell you you feel pain right now, or it might not tell you till later that something hurts. And that is, you know, something very common, in it, but an easy way for you to understand how it doesn't matter if I have whiplash, if I got it right now, my neck doesn't tell my brain that it hurts. My brain's telling my neck when it hurts, right? So there's that concept there. So I want to get just a little bit technical now for those of you that maybe want to go a little more sciency into this and explain um, exactly how this message system works throughout the brain. It helps to start with me telling you we have 45 miles of nerves in our body. 45 miles. That's insane. How does that all fit in our body? I don't even know. Um, 
but you've got 45 miles of nerves and over 400 individual nerves throughout your entire body. And there's certain areas of your body that have more nerve endings than others. You can go Google this, something called the humunculus, the humunculus of your brain. It's basically a map in your brain. It is a map of the somatosensory cortex. So the somatosensory cortex basically says where you feel certain things in your brain. So like if I were to poke you in the arm, what part of your brain would light up? And the humunculus is going to be very important later when we talk about treating pain. But for now, just think of it as this map on your brain that relates to a part of your body. And areas of your body have more nerve endings. Some have more nerve endings than others. So our lips and our hands are a lot more sensitive than, say, the mass of our back. Okay, so we have a lot more nerve endings in our fingertips, in our lips. And so when just a little bit of a message comes in through our fingertips or our lips, it can light up a whole bunch of our brain versus someone just brushes us on the back as they're passing by, we might barely notice because we don't have as much nerve endings there to light up our brain that, that we're getting a message. So we have this humunculus in our brain, the somatosensory cortex. And what happens is you get a sensation in your body and that travels up our sensory nerves. So we have different kinds of nerves in our body too. And the sensory nerves are the ones that connect basically the messages that come into our brain to our brain. So a sensation will travel up our sensory nerves and connect to the neurons of the spinal cord. Okay, so neurons are basically kind of what sends, takes a message from one place to another and connects things. So our sensation comes up, sensory nerves, neurons connected to the spinal cord, and the spinal cord then sends it to the thalamus. And the thalamus is the part of our brain that relays information to the rest of the brain. So we've got a message coming in, up our nerves, to the neurons, to the spinal cord, to the thalamus. And the thalamus then says, hey, this is what's coming in from our body. This is what we're feeling. After that, when the message arrives at the brain, the brain is going to take that message in and decide, right? It's going to decide what is this message? We have something called nociceptors in our brain, and these are tuned into the stimuli that can cause damage. We have three different kinds of nociceptors. We have thermal, which detect hot and cold. We have mechanical, which is more like wounds, like if we get cut or scraped somewhere, and then chemical, so can detect toxins, venoms, things like that. So if one of these nociceptors lights up, and that message arrives at the brain, the brain is then going to send out a pain message. What happens is when that brain message gets sent out, it gets sent out into the gray matter of our brain. And the cool thing about this is the gray matter will actually activate pathways to help control the pain right away. So the message comes into our brain, our brain says, ow, that hurts, sends out a message that it hurts, and then immediately our brain is gonna activate pathways to help control the pain, depending on how much pain we're having. Some of those things that can be released or opened up are endorphins. We've all heard of, you know, endorphins, like the feel-good kind of thing, adrenaline, right? So again, you get in a car accident, your adrenaline is just going to spike up through the roof. That adrenaline is going, so you're not getting that pain sensation because your body has released the adrenaline to help 
power you through what you need to get through until you can focus on the pain, until you have time to pay attention to that. And then our body actually makes natural opioids. And opioids can be a discussion for a whole nother, whole nother series, really. But think of like morphine, right? Our body actually makes a chemical that's very similar to morphine and releases that chemical, and that helps us control our pain. So all of this stuff is going on within like split seconds, right? I step on something, message gets sent, brain says, ow, maybe releases a little bit of endorphins. That's it. Or I get in a car accident and all these messages get sent in and my brain is like, "Mm, not sending you a pain message right now. Or it sends such a huge pain message that I release adrenaline, endorphins, opioids. I'm not feeling the pain. I can power through whatever I'm doing. And then later on, once that stuff wears off, my brain is still sending that pain message. And then I can then deal with the pain then. An injury will also trigger a release of chemicals that cause inflammation. We've all heard the term inflammation, anti-inflammatories, things like that. But a release of chemicals in your body will cause inflammation, and that's actually a good thing. So inflammation is meant, number one, to protect the area, and number two, to help heal the area. So if we think about this, if we want to protect and heal, pain is actually a good thing then, right? Pain can be a good thing. It's what stops us from continuing to do something that may potentially cause us damage. When you sprain your ankle, you twist your ankle and you get pain right away. Well, that's good because otherwise you might keep doing what you were doing and eventually break the ankle, snap a tendon, something like that. So pain is good. Inflammation is good. So when our body sends out the chemicals to cause inflammation, and let's just stick with this ankle sprain because I think a lot of us can relate to it. Your ankle swells up, right? And yes, that's uncomfortable, right? More fluid in a joint, in an area of a joint that's not used to having fluid is uncomfortable. But a couple of good things are happening here. Number one, your body's protecting you. You can see that inflammation. You can tell you shouldn't be walking or standing on that or continuing to run or play basketball or whatever it is that you are doing. And number two, that inflammation contains a lot of things that help you heal. Okay, so that inflammation contains more blood flow, right? Your blood is what carries oxygen and nutrients to your body. So it's bringing that blood flow in to help start cleaning and clearing things out. It's bringing in cells that actually detect foreign bodies and foreign things and making sure that those all get cleaned out and don't cause an infection or something like that. So our inflammation that our body causes is actually a good thing as long as that inflammation can be controlled, right? So if our ankle swells up and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and pretty soon we can't move it, that's not good. But if you're mild to moderately swollen, you can control it with elevation, icing, resting, things like that. It's a good thing. Let that ankle be a little swollen because it's actually helping you heal. Let's talk a little more about your brain and pain. So there really is no one single brain area that's responsible for pain. So there's lots of areas in our brain that will be activated when a message comes in that will cause a pain reaction from our brain. And everybody has these areas, or let's call them circuits, like brain circuits. Everybody has them, but not everybody's brain and pain circuits are the same, right? So something that might cause me a lot of pain 
might cause you just a little bit of pain, or something that might hurt me for an hour might only hurt you for 10 minutes. So everybody is just a little different. And this is where, when we start getting into chronic pain, how we can start to understand how some people might have more pain than others and longer lasting than others. Okay, so pain is also an emotional experience. Where your emotions are at the time of an injury can really determine the outcome of that injury too. This is where we're going to start connecting what's going on in your brain and the pain that you're feeling. So depending on where your emotions are at the time of an injury, can possibly determine if that injury will turn into a more of a chronic type of injury. If you have persistent pain, you very likely have a more sensitive nervous system and our emotions directly affect our nervous system. If you have an injury, your tissues are usually healed within three to six months. So if you sprained your ankle four years ago, and you still have pain there, it's not an issue with the tissues, okay? Tissue issues is what we like to call them. It's not a tissue issue anymore if it's three to six months after your injury. Your muscles are healed, your tendons are healed, your tissues have done the changing that they will have done from that injury and it's over, right? So three to six months post-injury, there's nothing with your tissues that is wrong anymore. So lots of times, if it's not a tissue issue, it is a nervous system issue. Your brain is the boss of your nervous system. Then you have a group of people that may have said, I've never had an injury. I was just sitting there one day and I started having pain and it hasn't gone away. So this kind of pain definitely is not a tissue issue right? If there was no injury, your tissues in your body are just fine. Nothing ever happened to them. But you know what's really, really interesting is most people can connect time when their pain started and a very stressful time in their lives, okay? And the stress can be coming from a number of places. It could be family issues. It could be you know, um, a work thing, financial issues, I lost my job, I have marital issues, I'm being abused maybe. It might not even be physical abuse. It can be mental and emotional abuse that causes pain. So when the brain is bringing in all these stressors, right, it's getting all these signals because of a high stress situation, the brain actually will perceive that as a threat. And if the brain feels threatened, it is going to make you feel pain. So if you are in a very high emotional state and or maybe are dealing with something like depression, anxiety, and a job loss, or and a breakup of your marriage, or and an issue with your children, or financial instability, or something like that, your brain may perceive that as a threat, and it may have you start hurting. So if you start having pain, and you never injured yourself, you can start taking an inventory of where was I, and what was going on in my life during this time that this pain started. And very often, you can tie together an emotionally difficult time and the start of pain. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about the research and what research says. Research says, the more that you know about pain, the better off you are when experiencing pain. And this is exactly why I decided to talk about this for our first series. If you are educated about how pain and the brain are related, you are much more likely to function better, experience less pain, increase your ability to complete tasks, and you are going to be much more interested in exercise and movement. Isn't that cool? That's what research says. The more you know about pain, the more likely you are to move and exercise your body. How cool is that? The science behind nerves and studying the nervous system is called neuroscience, and research shows that anyone can understand neuroscience as long as it's presented to them in a way that they can comprehend. So this is really cool. If you can understand the science behind your nerves and your brain and how they work, you can be a better functioning person, experience less pain, and increase your ability to complete tasks and also increase the likelihood of you committing to exercise and movement that will help your body. How amazing is that? That is so cool. So just learning something can change your whole life. That is why we are talking all about pain. So we are going to wrap up episode one. If you take away anything from this episode, it is that pain is 100% controlled by the brain. Your brain takes in messages and then tells you what those messages are. So it's going to tell you that you have pain, and it's going to do that in its own time, depending on what threats you have around you. You get a message in. Your brain says, hey, that hurts. Immediately when your brain says, hey, that hurts, your body automatically starts fighting that pain by releasing chemicals into your body to produce endorphins, adrenaline, and pain relievers. And then it also will release some chemicals to cause an inflammatory reaction to help you protect the area that is hurt and also start healing that area right away. How amazing is that? And then you are able to control your pain just by listening to this podcast or reading a book and learning about the neuroscience behind your brain and pain. That is going to be it for this episode. I think I've thrown enough at you. If you want to go check out that book by Adrian Lowe called Why Do I Hurt? You definitely can get it on Amazon. That's where I ordered it from. It is life-changing. It really can be, especially if you're someone that's been dealing with pain for a long time. We're going to take a little deeper dive into pain neuroscience in the next episode. So we talked a little bit about what it is, but we're going to deep dive into it in the next episode and really actually teach you neuroscience. If you have any comments or want to reach out to me about this first episode, I really would appreciate any feedback sent my way. Obviously, I'm a little new to this podcasting thing, and I want to know all the feels behind this episode. So you can find me on Instagram at trainer, T-R-A-I-N-E-R, under slash Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E. 
feel free to find me on Instagram and shoot me a DM and let me know what you thought about this first episode. And I will talk to you in episode two. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you've learned something today about your body. And I know you're thinking of someone right now that would love to listen to this too. So go ahead and send it to them. Until next time, make sure to drink plenty of water, move your body and smile often.